Yeah, but if you're not J-Lo. Like, J-Lo's not yet. <laughs> Brunch. Hit it, boys. Oh, man, the concert boys are flying. It's been a long time since I've gone to a concert in Boston, or at least previous to, like, the past 10 days. Three shows. Three shows in, like, 10 days' time. We're city boys now. We are city boys. Uh, we had Father John Misty, Carly Rae Jepsen, which was, like, kind of a home-and-home. Home. I looked at it a little bit because... Uh, I mean, we we have shared partnership in Definitely. Father John Misty, yeah. But I also think that we have shared partnership in uh, in Carly Rae Jepsen. I think that it's just a little bit more important to one side. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, let me think of uh, if we're like wedding parties for either of these groups. Like, yeah, I'm probably the best man at the Father John Misty concert, but you're. The, one of those other motherfuckers standing up there, yeah. you're like extremely high priority. That's right. We went to see the uh, the the murderers last night, and That's right, it was uh, we, it was our first time seeing Brandon Flowers. We were screaming for him to do the trick. He said, "Do the tweet." <laughs> uh, old brunch devotees. Let's not even reference what it is. Mm-hmm. Old brunch heads will know, but he didn't do the he didn't do the trick. But as friend of the podcast chris forsberg pointed out he does get up on sta- get up and stand on the monitors at the front of the stage a lot and he and his friend whenever they see the killers which they've seen them a bunch of times they set a line and it's always over by like at least 30 because he'll do it he'll get up on the monitors like 15 to 20 times a song. Yes. Like just up and down, yeah. up and down, up and down. I mean, he he jumps up with an outrageous uh, you know, frequency. It's it's almost dangerous. Like it, it to do it that many times on any given night. Yeah. You're playing with fire. You're going to fall at some point. What if uh Phoebe Bridgers was on stage before him and for the uh she was doing the the guitar trick and forgot to do it so they never set off like the sparks on the monitor and everything and then he got up on it and the contact made them be like oh that must be the guitar <laughs> fire fire just lights him on fire that happened to james hetfield what? uh yes in uh it must have been like 1990 1991 or something um metallica was touring with guns and roses and there were these huge fire things that would like shoot up on the stage and he was just walking around during one of the songs kind of lost his place on the stage and it got to that point where they went off and it he was like standing right over it and it just like fucking like motherfucker was on fire holy shit yeah like uh all sorts of injuries as you can imagine had to uh he did the rest of the tour but He did it, like, seated and not playing guitar, but Guns N' Roses didn't help Metallica out that night. They were like, oh, shit, so Guns N' Roses, can you go on, like, now? They're only on their, like, third song or whatever, but uh, Uh, one of their, like, lead singer is kind of dead right now, (laughs) and Axl Rose was like, this is how it starts. (laughs) No, thank you. What are you going to want next? 
So Honestly, I think it was in Montreal. Honestly, actually, that's kind of rock and roll. I, yeah, I kind of like that. Just, no, <laughs> you don't mess with superstition. He's got his pregame routine. I don't think I'm going to do that. Just because some motherfucker catches on fire on stage doesn't mean I have to change the rest of my night. Yeah, and gun the, like Slash and the rest of the guys were like, he was never planning on going on stage tonight anyway. <laughs> Uh, he was looking for an out this whole time. There was a point, though, during the killer show where they did go backstage for like the fake encore. And we kind of just looked at each other and we're like, what do you think he's doing back there? Oh, yeah. He could have been probably doing the trick. Could have been doing the trick. I did get a DM uh, this morning after posting a clip of the concert. And somebody said, real question is, did he redacted his own redacted? Mm. It's possible. He could. I mean... He looks, uh, I don't want to get into to this really, but he looks good. He looks young. He looks uh, energized. Yeah. He looks very clean. He, he looks shiny. Yeah. There's some Wayne Newton to, to that. Uh, we did say, though, like, um, the big takeaway from the concert, number one, was the Killers' awesome live band. Great. They were, it was... A, it was uh, the show exceeded my expectations. I don't really know what my expectations were, but... Well, he thought he was going to do the trick. Uh, yeah. Like, without doing the trick, as high of score as possible could yeah. be. Um, but, yeah, my killer's, my killer's, like, fandom is is a bit weird because I don't rarely... I don't really ever think of them. Um, like, they don't cross my mind too much, but I do like the killers a lot, and they have a ton of hits. And once the idea was brought up, like, hey, you want to go to the killer show? Yeah, I was absolutely into it, and I thought that it would be a good show, but I didn't realize, like, I didn't know what my experience was going to be, because I don't have, like, full knowledge of their catalog, but every song that I did know, and there were more than I expected, like, I knew most of the songs, Yeah, and every song that I was excited to hear was better than I was anticipating. Yes, and yes. And they are just, like, a fucking stadium band, man, like... They they put on one hell of a show and it did very much have like this this band should be a residency and I don't know if it's because they're from Vegas but like they're like the Killers and Bruno Mars scream Vegas residency to me for sure and it's just very interesting that the Killers were a rock band who had success early on like big crossover appeal like very big pop band but they were like rooted in rock and their songs were always very poppy but their production wasn't necessarily like brandon flowers will just like straight up talk through some songs they never necessarily kind of acquiesced to uh like tighten it up this is how it's got to sound like all these fucking other things and again a lot of their songs are pretty simple but they just never really sounded to top 40 so they could have easily been like an imagined dragons mm -hmm. or they could have been a maroon five and they just never did those things and they, they they're still cool to like we were out with some cynical motherfuckers last yeah. night and like i don't like to think of myself as cynical but i can be a little uh judgmental critical critical when it comes to to music and i mean they appeal even though they're this larger than life thing 
they appeal to everyone who's like, hey, I don't want any cheap stuff. Don't fuck around on me. Yeah. And so it's cool that they've been able to do that for that long without ever feeling like – without ever like slipping away and doing like a Panic at the Disco thing where they're like, hey, we just need to have fucking um, – What's the the high high hopes to the limit song? We got to make a high high hopes yeah. to the limit song. The killers are like, we already fucking yeah. did that, and it was with a good song, and we yeah, we like, don't need when to. Was, when was the last time they had like a mainstream hit? I mean, uh, Runaways, like that was like five, like six. Caution. I think was big, but that was during and quarantine, that was, and that wasn't like super mainstream. Like they. I feel like yeah, everyone was listening to Dua Lipa then. Yeah, but like th- those motherfuckers just sold out the garden, and it was like packed. Yeah, and everybody was psyched to be there. Yeah, without like a without like a mainstream hit from a band that was around like like mid two thousands. I got in a light argument last night. I said, "I bet Weezer is at that show tonight." I bet, I'm saying, "I bet that Weezer was there last night." I bet Weezer's at that show thinking. Man, how how did this happen? Why why isn't that us? We couldn't sell out the garden right now. Like the Weezer's kind of stuck in this you're going to be up high on the festival font, mm-hmm. but you're probably going to headline the second stage and maybe like lightly overlap with the Radiohead or whoever's like people are really fucking psyched to see. Like you're a big name and everything, but if Weezer is yeah, like it's mostly n- nostalgia appeal, right? Yeah. yeah, like Weezer's mostly nostalgia. And Weezer's appeal. old. Weezer's like ten years older, but still, like they, I don't feel that way about the Killers. Like yeah. it's not, it's not a nostalgia play. It's like, wow, these guys like still fucking got it and still making really good songs. Even though, I mean, I was talking to uh, Forsberg's friend. Like, it is kind of weird that "Don't Stop Believing" came out in our lifetimes. <laughs> like, I remember. When fucking Mr. I remember Mr. Brightside. I remember my sister had uh, had somebody told me as her ringtone, and that was like the first ringtone that any of us had. And then Mr. Brightside just like didn't go away, and it was like a year later, and you're still hearing Mr. Brightside all the time. And I was like, "All right, so do I have to fucking pay attention to these guys?" Because this was already at the time where like Maroon Five seemed like a last gasp. At a rock band that could have staying power. Whoops. And like they kind of did it, but like songs about Jane came out and it was like they can be, they're a very different band, but like they can be the Chili Peppers. They can be the Foo yeah. Fighters. They can just like last. But I mean, for they, a... they did all the same shit that you're saying that the Killers didn't do. Right. Where right. like Maroon 5 became very fucking uncool very fucking quick. Yeah. Speaking of very uncool very quick, I don't want to get crushed here. When did Muna become like Target brand? Um, I Are mean, they getting there? We talked about it pretty pretty early on. Like, I really like Muna, and I still really like Muna. I think that they make some very fun music. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, like they are very clearly like industry darlings, and they yeah. they are like getting pushed as cool by people that are uncool. As long as everyone's safe, I need one of them to have like a cocaine scandal. Can you have a cocaine <laughs> scandal? Is that that's not a scandal? No, it's not. It's thing like I, I don't want to think of like what sort of illegal thing I want any of them to get caught up in. I I, I just need something a little like a little less like uh, storefront. Yes, like f- fuck. And I 
I mean, I liked them when I first, and I still do like them, but they are def- very much like industry yes. darlings and very like packaged very neatly and beautifully. And I'm like, no, nah, I wa. When I was listening to you first, you were just like doing some fucking songs about doing drugs and fucking bees, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I hear you. Uh, speaking of cocaine, um, I don't know if Brandon Flowers is on cocaine. I don't know if Brandon Flowers does cocaine, but I do think that he has perfected the 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 perfect balance of making you think that he's on cocaine, but not to the point where it's like detrimental. Yeah, I think most of the comments that we made while looking at him last night had the words vodka and cocaine. <laughs> yes. I mean, like he had outrageous energy uh, on stage, but not not like... Oh, well, he's all over the place. He was very controlled, but also very energetic the entire time. You know what I like about Brandon Flowers, though? And I don't know how he arrived here. Um, This gets back to an old brunch thing was that like he very much is like high on his own supply. Yeah. But not in a way that makes you like makes you ever think you don't like him. Like, I don't know anybody who's like fucking brandon flowers and there was there was a time like a span of a couple years where he was like constantly tooting his own oh you're right there were some quotes yeah he was saying like the the killer like the killers are like probably the most influential rock band of like this generation and it's like shit that you that like may not be wrong in that case i think it's wrong but it may not be wrong you just can't say it about yourself yeah true okay so i redact that but the 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 main point I was going to make is that whether it's because he has done his own stuff and has maybe drifted away, come back, whatever, done the kind of Rob Thomas thing to non-Rob Thomas levels of success, he sincerely looks like he loves that he's in The Killers. And oh, he's yes. like super proud of The Killers, even though I believe it's just him and the drummer now. But he didn't feel like oh well like i gotta do a killer's tour here mm-hmm. he was like he seems so proud of these songs having like such a I, I i took a couple of videos and i listened back to one of them yesterday and i was like he's like yelling the songs he's out there partying yes he's having a very very fun time and i love that it's just weird like there's so many ways that they could fall into a not cool and i don't think that they're like the height of coolness no definitely they could not, very like, much yeah like they, they don't they, come off like but, muna but they've been <laughs> kind of like teetering on the edge of being not cool for a long time and they've never fallen over that cliff even like that stupid song the man i was listening to the other day and i was like yeah they did this stupid thing in a cool way though i like again, like musically it's quite simple quite poppy although a lot of their like sometimes like they'll hit you with a verse in a place where you think you wouldn't get a verse or like all these things i've done they'll give you kind of two different types of verses that they switch between but by and large they they're like if you listen to the song you can then pick up a guitar and probably play along to it but people who like music still like them yeah it's crazy and also um they, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, it's like, it's it's weird. It's like disco, but by a Bruce Springsteen cover band. <laughs> yeah, some yeah, like they. A lot of it is just like dance music. Like obviously, somebody told me that the chorus, that beat, yeah. like that's just straight disco 
dance music. They are they they put on an excellent show. I'll see them whenever I, they come. I was back. just gonna say I don't think I'll skip a killer show again. Like until I'm disappointed because especially, that was such a party. Especially with uh, old Johnny Marr opening. Yes, a guy who I've always known of, and I know the Smiths have never been like a diehard fan. They're they're just some bands that you consider yourself. Like you think that you like them, but you do only know like mm-hmm. six to eight of their songs. That's how I am with the Smiths. So I was very excited when Johnny Marr would play a song that I knew, and he played the two that I most wanted to hear. So that's great. But he was awesome. I couldn't find the Smiths in your Apple Music library. Hey, well, uh, that's because no one fucking asked you, you fucking loser. <laughs> you fucking loser. Shut the fuck up. Get out of here. Shut this is an A and B conversation. Yeah, I'll just see your way out of it. <laughs> is that an iPhone? Is that a, an iWatch C? <laughs> that's tough. Uh, <laughs> hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hello, Daddy. <laughs> hey, cereal has too much sugar. You shouldn't eat it. I wasn't talking to you, you fucking loser. I was saying... Sure, I understand. I was... Oh, I, I am sure you don't understand. Fucking dork. <laughs> fucking homophobe didn't see bros. <laughs> Fuck you, Siri. Oh. Uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about anymore. Oh, the Smiths. Well, someone made it about uh, herself. <laughs> yeah, Smiths. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I don't know much of anything about Johnny Marr or the Smiths, other than that one song from Five Hundred Days of Summer mm-hmm. and the reference to the Smiths in Five Hundred Days of Summer. Um, but they were fun, or the, he was fun, and uh, that was very much a like if you squint, you feel like you're in like a club, like a dance club sort of oh, performance. Yeah. And the energy and the atmosphere for an opener at the Garden could not have been better than what it was with him on stage like he commanded the audience oh yeah there was a lot of people there that's just a terrific move he's he's a great opener to have bands should do that obviously you want to give young up-and-comers uh a shot and you want to be able to say that you helped make an artist but just get somebody from a band with songs that everybody knows and be like I don't know, like, if I fucking was on, like, a big tour, like, The Killers or something, I'd be like, you know who's opening for me? Like, the one guy from Badfinger who's still alive, and I'll just have him sing a bunch of Badfinger songs. It'll rock. I'll actually just go out there the whole time and try to play some Badfinger songs with him. Imagine going to see a rock band, and you get to hear all these classic rock songs before. It's a good way to fucking pump you up, man. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really really good night, and uh, I'm I'm very glad that I I uh, chose the Killers, um, chose to go to that show because I was like a little disappointed after I had bought the the Killers ticket. I found out that uh, Wild Rivers, a band that I'm like really really into now, um, they were playing the same. Uh, they played the same night, and uh, if I you know had to pick with both on the table, I probably would have picked Wild Rivers. But I'll be able to see them at some point, and I'm very glad that I got to see the Killers. Yeah. Strong time. Good time. Uh, Houndmouth is in the area tonight. Going to be going to that. Pete, Pete's a maybe for it. He mm-hmm. thinks that he doesn't have the energy, but uh, that was me. You you put yourself in as an out, and I'm, I just upgraded you to, uh, to a maybe. A yeah. maybe. It went from, from a doubtful to questionable. I was going to... I asked when, whenever I come to do this i say you want a coffee and i should have just brought you a coffee 
get you a little hyped I had a up. Tea on when you're on your pay way a over. few compliments during this. Be like, man, DJ and I are hitting it off right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I just gaslight you. <laughs> yes. Well, we did just see. I suggested uh, gaslighting to my therapist the other day. It was so fun. It was you like suggested it. Like in what way? I uh, we was just, we just talking about uh, a, a thing. And was I was, don't worry, darling, because no, explain I was how gaslighting came up. Yeah, no, uh, but we were just talking about some situation or whatever. And I was like, there is another option, which uh, I've been reading up on this thing called gaslighting. And I believe I have the tools to do that. All I have to do is just make the other person feel really dumb. And they, they will. <laughs> and like, like her face <laughs> just like, oh, no. <laughs> You're one of those. And I was like, I'm absolutely joking. <laughs> That's incredible. I joke around my therapist a lot. Yeah, you got to kill the time somehow. It seems. Yeah. You, you apparently just have nothing to talk about other than just fucking around. I know. Sometimes if I have nothing to talk about, I'll just talk about like, it. Like, hey, like, what's on your mind or whatever? And just be like, uh, I uh, fucking. So Texas won. <laughs> what? <laughs> Texas won. It takes a lot for a therapist to feel like you're wasting their time. No, my therapist loves me. That's what that's what you think. That's what I pay. Yeah, that's what you do. Um, No, I, 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 what was I going to say? Fuck, lost my train. Houndmouth, you're going. Yeah, sure. Oh no! Don't worry, darling. Uh, We uh, we put our uh, don't worry, darling review on YouTube. Uh, If you haven't seen it or heard it you can go to youtube and find it there uh also subscribe to the patreon patreon.com slash listen to brunch um we've got, got some, big things we've got some plans being planned um but real sincere big plans and sincere things that's right it's things and stuff uh but when we when we when we post movie reviews on youtube they usually get very horrible not very horrible but like negative comments Oh. Because it's people that like are finding the finding us via YouTube, YouTube. search or yeah. whatever, and they don't understand or they they just don't like us, which is fine. But we got some uh, comments on the "Don't Worry, Darling" review that were shockingly positive. Oh, really? Oh, I've, I've yeah. never, I've truly never looked at. Uh, it was like comments. A couple of the comments that I saw were like. Yeah, you guys make some good points and like just like genuine thoughts about the movie. And there was one uh, that was like, um, uh, what did it say? It was basically like, yeah, you guys make a really good point about it. It being like a bad movie, but a like a very discussable movie. And like, that's kind of the way that I feel about Don't Worry, Darling. I know that I said it during the actual review, but I'm starting to like it a little bit more just as like a discussion piece oh shit i mean uh charlotte what this charlotte wilder is supposed to be on this episode um she's not we'll maybe still put her in the episode description to get the the extra listens but charlotte wanted to come on she wanted to just go on a movie podcast to talk about don't worry darling okay because she had a lot of thoughts and it turns out she has all the thoughts that we had like she uh the other day we were just texting like back and forth just all of the fucking things and again there's like a hundred plot 
holes that you can boil down into a small thing. But I mean, the one about the sim, the generation is just too big to it's it, it's truly a movie sinker. Yeah, one hundred percent. So your movie doesn't make sense at all. Um, I also saw Blonde. Ooh, uh, I saw Lights Camera podcast. I haven't seen it yet. I saw that they said that it was like one of the worst movies of the year. One of the guys said it's his worst movie of the year. It's the worst movie I've seen this year. Really? It's, inc- it's incredible that that movie was made. Is that so because is that because like it's not entertaining, or is it because like you don't agree with like the morals or like the the intentions? Both. It's for sure trauma porn. It's a fictionalized biopic, which. I wish that more movies would actually kind of cop to that. So, like, it, it's a this, so it, it, this it, is a that's fiction a movie. Claimed like, I fiction? believe I like they classify it as fiction. Okay, um, and they're just like, well, hypothetically, what if also this happened to her? And I was like, oh, good, because enough things didn't happen to fucking Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, her story isn't interesting enough. We got to make shit up. Like, and and they, like with with the Freddie Mercury thing. That's, like, crazy enough, but, like, horrible shit. And obviously, horrible shit happened to Freddie Mercury, too. Famously, yeah, he died. He died. <laughs> uh, but, like... Well, to be fair, Marilyn yes. also died. Yeah. But, like, if you're telling a Freddie Mercury story, obviously, you're going to talk about the death and everything. But, like, the abuse that Marilyn Monroe took in her life is pretty off the charts. And this movie was, like... What if it was every second of every day and she couldn't walk down the street without somebody? Like, I don't even want to say, like, it is, there are so many rape scenes in this movie Yikes. that I, like, I did a lot of Googling after, the, like, something would happen. I'd say, oh, did, did Marilyn Monroe really do that? And it would come up and it would be like, no. Or like, did Marilyn Monroe really have this relationship with this person? No. Uh, and I'm like, Yo, so you just wanted to make a movie that's like, how can we be as awful to Marilyn Monroe? Somebody, it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be a movie about how much, how exploited she was. Right. And this just exploits the shit out of her because she's fucking dead. Yeah. What's she going to say? They th- Dude, it's so, and I mean, Ana de Armas is terrible in it, like forgets to do the voice in maybe half the scenes. I think we gotta maybe start asking the question. I hate to do. It. I'm like, I've never seen her bad in something. Well, now you have. But now I. But now like this is a long her, and awful movie. Her batting average is getting lower. Um, I mean that. I mean she's had two awful, awful movies this year with like pretty bad performances. She had the fucking, oh right uh, the, the one the with ben the Affleck, Affleck. Yeah, wasn't like, good. That movie stunk and was pointless. I would put that more on like the filmmaker than her but like she didn't really help her help the cause there either i hate to ask the question i feel like i used to love to ask the question i don't like to ask the question anymore because i feel bad they're people yeah they're people they're trying Uh, hey what if the only thing we know about this person is they're bad at their job (laughs) yeah yeah the Uh, only thing i know about ana de armas is she acts (laughs) what if like your only thought is fucking poorly <laughs> uh, oh that's what she's trying to do uh can i ask you this question then because like the it's it i mean it, it sort of fits in with the the discussion around blonde 
do you have a problem with the Dahmer thing? Uh, like Dahmer and like not not telling like the families of the victims that they're making it or not consulting them? I haven't seen or paid attention to any of it, and I've foolishly nodded my way through every Dahmer conversation. Yeah. Uh, that I've been in. I just know nothing in complete ignorance. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... it's. I get why people are, like, upset, and I get why the families are upset and, like, in things. And, and I think it's a complicated conversation, but I don't feel like art always needs, like, permission. And that sounds like such a fucking pretentious thing to say, but, like, to tell, like, a really tough story and, like, grotesque story... I don't think that you need permission from all people involved. I do think that there is like an element of decorum and respect that yes, can be adhered exactly. to. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like the people who made Dahmer didn't meet that bar. But I do have a problem with like people saying like, well, you didn't get their permission. What are they making the, the James Franco? What are they making the movie with James Franco about something that just fucking happened? And it's going to be out in like five minutes. What? Let me see. I, I, I'm trying to think. Like, what? First of all, people are casting James Franco and stuff again? Oh, it's the Johnny Depp trial. Oh, what? Yes. Yeah. What? And I would, You know what's so fucking sad? I'm like, wait, what's even the big thing that happened recently? And the only thing I could think of was uh, the slap. <laughs> I was like, I don't think he's... Th- th- I mean, if James Franco did Who's that... he playing? Right. <laughs> Um, even worse, buddy. Yeah, I, I don't think that you need to make a movie about the Johnny Depp trial. Not right now. I mean, because famously, we saw the Johnny Depp trial play out, and there was an actor or a couple actors involved. Yeah. So uh, I got weird a question about uh, speaking of people who have been in the Ben Affleck social realm, or let me think of how I can tie this together. Oh, yes, that's right. This will have a tie-in. What's going on with Josh Duhamel right now? Do we know? Uh, he's in a movie. He's in the Mighty Ducks show. Oh, that's right. Because they uh, they canceled Gordon Bombay. Yes. But he's also doing a J-Lo movie right now. He's doing this uh, shotgun wedding movie with J-Lo. Okay. Yeah. What's what, what do you think? What's his story, you think? <laughs> he's an actor. Yeah, but... In two things, that is seemingly a, a a real. How do you balance that? Yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm on a uh, like think... a mailing list for certain things, and I've been getting some stuff about uh, some like press stuff for Shotgun Wedding. I'd like to get us in the uh, the old junket. They're like, no, Miss Lopez isn't. We don't want J Lo. Yeah, no, we want Dumal. We want Dumal and Mrs. Mr. J Lo. That's the only two things that we're interested in. Uh, oh my god, I would love to fucking watch a J Lo movie with Ben Affleck, and just like see how many times he touches. I bet he goes like this so much. Do you think? Maybe. Eh, I don't know about that. Maybe I, I bet. I bet that. I don't know. He sees his bride and it's like. My fucking bride, man. Yeah, see that? Yeah, but I she, fucking love she's kind of. I'm like, oh, I know you do. She's yes. got to make a good movie for him to have that reaction, though. I think. No, I what mean, was J Lo's last good movie, dude. Th- think of the boring shit that we fucking get excited about because we love people, though. You know, I guess. And so, like, 
if if someone yeah, if someone true. if someone like, we love you your made a show bad at idle hands movie. yeah it was like, like the most exciting moment <laughs> of your life yeah. so if if i was in like a bad movie you'd be like dj was in a fucking movie yeah but if you're not j-lo like j-lo's not yet in <laughs> that's true j-lo has been there done that all across the board so like doing bad shit does not really like register the same level of excitement when you've been there and also you're ben affleck i've been on a gangster movie kick of late have you uh have you ever seen carlito's way I have not. We did discuss this last night, though. I finally saw Carlito's Way. You told me. I, like, barely remember this conversation. I just remember. I, I remember I, I said to you. Um, you were, like, talking about Al Pacino. other Brian De Palma Al Pacino movie, and not I, and, Scarface. And I was like, De Niro? That's, like, that's sort of the state that I was in. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, it's Al Pacino, and he plays a convict who gets out of jail he's in there for like murder and all this stuff but his lawyer sean penn okay. gets him off because the, the 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 guy that plays a lawyer in every fucking movie you know what i'm talking about skinny white guy balding he's got like a kind of long nose yeah i think i do know exactly who you're talking that about. fucking guy he did some illegal shit he fucked up with the investigation or whatever the trial so he gets him out and carlito is like I talked to a guy on the inside. He got his life all straightened out. He's got this car rental business. And he says, I can open up my own branch. And they're like, you're fucking Carlito. You're the king of the streets. Well, yeah. I got a question. Yeah. Is, uh, is Carlito uh, just a person named Carl who's small? Oh, possibly. His name's Carlito Briganti. Okay. But it could be like a little Carl. Yeah. Like I was Pedrito. In oh, Spanish class. Nice. Because it's just Pedro with the Edo really? at the end. I mean, are taquitos like... They're like mini tacos. Possibly. Yeah. Who knows? So, little Carl, like, let's go. Yeah. He's like, I just need my $75,000. So, he and his lawyer friend, Sean Penn, they buy... They, they go in on this club and... Carlito's like, hey, I am doing every, I am doing, I'm not getting into any trouble anymore. My dark days, my bad days are done. This guy comes up to him in the club, a young John Leguizamo. Ooh. And he's like, I am Benny Blanco. I'm an up and comer in the game. You are my idol. I got so much respect for you. Carlito's like, it's nice of you to say, but I'm out of the game. I'm out of the game. I can't offer you anything. And also he's offended by like, Oh, yeah, you, you know about me? You know about me? What do you know about me? Keep your sh- mouth shut about me, blah, blah. So this this kid keeps popping up. and You don't just, fucking know me? Yeah, he keeps popping up, and everything is like, oh, oh yeah, but I'm Benny Blanco from the Bronx. I'm, I'm going to be just like you. And he's like, oh, oh he doesn't want to. Meanwhile, he's checking up on his, uh, his old lady, mm-hmm. Penelope Ann Miller. Okay. Beautiful. Her name is Gail. Okay. He begins to see her. They begin to start having sex with each other. Her and Benny Blanco? No. Oh, that would have been a twist. That would have been, although Sean Penn steals Benny Blanco's girl. Weird move from Sean Penn. He's a lawyer who visits one of his clients in prison, and this guy's a mob boss, and he says, you stole a million dollars from me. Sean Penn says, stole a million dollars from you? What are you, why would I steal a million dollars from a mob boss? That'd be a dumb move on my part. And he says, well... 
I got a contract out on you. You are fucking dead. Unless you break me out of prison. And Sean Penn's like, would you look at me, my guy? I don't, I'm not the type. <laughs> it's like, you're going to, you're going to, the guards have, they're going to put, the, it's Rikers. They're going to put me in the water and you just got to bring a boat. <laughs> Come get me. And then it's all good. Sean Penn's freaking out. He's like, Carlito, you got to help me with this. We got to go pick up this guy. And he's like, I just need my $75,000 and then I'm out. What are you doing to me? You can't do this. So they go and Sean Penn's been using a lot of coke. Okay. He's a little little bit of a shady character, this Sean Penn. And they go. They pick him up. They're at the buoy. And uh, they've brought this guy's, the mob boss's son, with him to make sure that nothing goes wrong. Okay. Sean Penn's afraid. Hey, once we get this guy out of prison... He's just going to want to kill me. So, Carlito, that's why you got to be here. Got to be my muscle. Okay. Carlito probably says something about, I just need my $75,000, <laughs> then I'm out. They get to the guy. The guy seems real horny for his $75,000. Yes. I know. It is tough. It's like 19. I, I would love $75,000. Start a podcast, too. my guy. Right. It was like change my life. I would love $75,000. But uh, <laughs> it is like 1993. And I'm like, should have set that number like a, a little. It sounds like too attainable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so they get to the buoy. Sean Penn fucking kills the mob boss. Oh, and Carlito's like, "What are you doing?" Looks around, the kid's dead. Sean Penn did steal that million dollars. Oh, okay. What a fucking crazy coke lunatic. Yeah. So now, mob people want to kill Carlito and Sean Penn. A tough hit for this Carlito. is big trouble. My guy just wanted a scenic boat ride to Rikers. Yes, <laughs> he goes to see Gail, and he's like, "Gail, this is troublesome." And she's like, "Well, I am pregnant with your child." <laughs> this is a fucking messy movie, man. So it sets up this great ending where he says, "All right, I got a train to, uh, I got a train to Miami. Okay, we're gonna get it. We're gonna meet me at Penn Station. We're gonna get on this train." At this time, and then we're going to go. Luis Guzman is uh, a longtime friend of Carlito. Mm -hmm. He's helping kind of facilitate everything. He's kind of worried about his place in the game. He feels like he's maybe getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, okay. And uh, Carlito goes to the club to get his money. There are a lot of mob people suddenly there, and they just want to talk to him. And he's thinking, I bet they don't. They probably want to kill me. Yes. So he gets his money. Gets out of there. They're chasing him. There's this big subway scene. They're chasing him. He gets away from them. He, uh, by the way, absolutely dead is Sean Penn. Oh, okay. They tried to kill him. He's in the hospital. Then uh, the cops tell him, like, hey, they played Carlito a tape. Hey, Sean Penn said that you're still doing stuff and that you're murdering people, doing selling drugs and everything, and I'll fucking sell this guy down the river. So Sean Penn, bad news. Carlito goes to visit him in the hospital during this whole thing where he's running from all these people. Sean Penn's got a gun in there, and he's like, hey, you need this gun for protection. Let me see it. All right, cool. Leaves. Somebody then comes in. Sean Penn grabs the gun. There's no bullets in it. Carlito took the bullets out. Says, Bafangul, you may die, even though that doesn't track. It's not Italian people (laughs) in this movie. Okay. Uh, Chase happens. He... 
escapes them so he thinks then there's this big scene in the uh sub and the at penn station can i guess the twist yes the the mob bosses just want to be like yo thank you good you did job us a favor. we didn't like that guy yeah. no okay <laughs> they are coming for him hard okay he thinks he escapes them and he does it by get, he's lying down on an escalator going down while they're on an escalator going up and they're just passing each other and at the last second one of them spots him. There's this big shootout. It's crazy. He get, but he gets away without the cops noticing him. There's the last guy, the son of the, this other son of the mob boss, okay. chasing him. The cops take out that guy. It's all good. He's home free. He gets to the train. They're doing last call for to go to the train to Miami. Fucking all aboard. He gets there. Luis Guzman and uh, Gail are waiting there. It's all perfect. They get there, and he's like, "My darling, I made it." Blah blah. blah. And then you hear, hey, remember me? John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Benny Benny Blanco Blanco from the Bronx puts two in him. Uh, And he dies. And as he's dying, what's his face? Luis Guzman says, Garlito, I'm so sorry, man. I set you up, but I had to do it. I needed to. This guy's younger. I needed to, to stay in the game. And he says, come on, Benny, let's get out of here. What do you think Benny says? No, nah, it's all right. You can stay. Puts two in him. No way. Yeah. I believe Gale lives, though. Yeah. Damn. What the fuck? That may have contained spoilers. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I I, I got to watch this, the movie to that's find out what movie, else happens. Though. Yeah. That's I a mean, good movie. That, that story had me enthralled. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough. That's a tough ending. That must be cool for a young Jiggle uh, It uh, Must be cool for a uh, young John Leguizamo. They're like, "Hey, you're gonna be the the guy that puts two in them." Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little stunned by that ending. Even just hearing it, yeah. I, seeing it must have been an experience. And I forgot that the movie does open with him dying. It's oh, really? Things. They show him like being shot to death. Well, what but the you, fuck? but then they you kind of forget, like okay. as the movie's going on, and uh, yeah, I gotta watch this movie. It sounds good. Poor Gail. I mean, he does. He has the money with him. He's yeah. got the seventy five, and he's like giving it to Gail, and he's like, "Give our, give our baby a life." Like I just wanted to. Fuck! I just needed my seventy five. God damn it! <laughs> uh, fucking Sean. Like, and this is all Sean Penn's fault. Of course, yeah. Just undid him. Doing a lot of cocaine. Stealing, that's, I mean, $75,000 is like too little for that movie. But stealing, but a, stealing million... a million dollars from a mob boss, too much. Yeah. And like if you stole a million dollars, you should just give Carlito the seventy-five grand that he's fucking so horny for. Yeah. It does stink, though. There's a scene where Gail's like, um, I forget what, I think she calls him Carl, maybe. But I think she's like, Little Carl. Yeah. She's like, Carl, that guy stinks. They go to dinner and he's being, he's like, hey, so we taking that boat ride soon, Carlito? And she's like, what's he talking about? And yeah, he's like, but oh, I'm going to go freshen up and like coming back with cocaine on his face. And- I understand her, her, her worries there, but it's also the guy that got you out of prison. That's what he said. He was like, I literally owe this guy my life. Yes. And she's like, he both things can be true i think that that's actually what he says he's like hey i'm seeing this as well (laughs) but 
I owe this guy big time. Amanda, imagine thinking that you are doing something to save somebody's life and then realizing that, and this is like his best friend. Nope. I'm helping this guy fucking write his fucking death certificate. Yeah, that's tough. Crazy. Carlito's way. It's, uh, <laughs> what do check you think it, it is out on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh 93 i was gonna guess like 85 i know that it's a uh, it's like a is it a cult movie okay i mean it just it just got one of those names yeah right carlito's way yeah it's an 81 tomato meter and a 91 audience score i'll tell you this it's it's one of those movies that i haven't even considered ever watching or don't know like i didn't know anything about it i didn't even know who was in it but i've just heard it in passing as like uh oh it's such a good movie like yeah i've just needed i've needed gangster movies of late okay i was so glad it's like you ever like watching a series that you watch that you feel like you've seen every episode and you're just scrolling through them on the the fucking feed you're like man can i just please find one episode that Maybe I just don't remember. Yeah, it's like, it, you just get that get fresh that, that experience again. Like, It'd be so good. I've been trying to do that with fucking South Park, and it's so fucking sad that by now I haven't watched that many of the super new ones. But like the first however many seasons, I for sure have seen all those fucking <laughs> things. And I'm like, nah, just give me like a fresh, just little take one out of the vault. Yeah, I went back and rewatched the one where uh, after Isaac Hayes left the show. Yeah. Where they gave Chef one more episode and they just used uh, old clips of him talking oh, really? and made him a pedophile. Oh, no. Just like some unbelievably petty stuff. It was like, uh, and it was just so clearly like poorly cut up. Yeah. So they'd be like, hi, Chef. And he'd be like, I'm going to make love to your asshole children. <laughs> so, so fucking petty. But like, that is hilarious. You want to quit our show? We have your character, not you. <laughs> That's amazing. Very, uh, very brutal. Um, are you going to see Bros? I am going to see Bros. Uh, I was talking about it last night. It's um, just I d- I don't run to the theaters to see romantic comedies. Like it's one of those things. Like if Bros was streaming on Netflix or on Hulu or something, I would have watched it immediately on Saturday night, just sitting on the couch because I would have been like, this is like the perfect vibe for a movie that i want to watch but i just don't run to the theaters yes uh so i did i saw it uh opening day and i i, I really liked it letterboxd i'm going four out of five which for wow. a romantic comedy is pretty fucking high yeah i think it's a much funnier version of train wreck its script is just really good its story is like it's train wreck it's two people who have commitment issues who fall for each other and hey this person typically isn't my type it's a lot of things that you've seen in romantic comedies before obviously it's got an all-gay cast but the jokes are just so fucking funny and the experience of sitting at an r-rated comedy and laughing at some fucking inappropriate shit is kind of not to be like oh everything is too woke now now but like there's there is there has to it be is an appreciation a, for going there. That is like a bygone era. The raunchy but fucking funny and just appeal. like I don't like raunchy humor, but if something is smart and funny, I will laugh my balls off at anything, even if it is raunchy or stupid or whatever. The line the like the one liners and the jokes in this movie are really funny. 
It's got fucking Luke McFarlane, who, if you've seen Single All the Way, it don't get much easier on the eyes. I remember when we watched Single All the Way, like, kind of lightly rooting for him to get the guy. Yeah. Even though it was like a movie where they were like, these two people are going to get together at the end. All that has to happen is he has to not fall for this other guy. And we're like, why is he not falling for that other guy? That yeah. guy is so fucking hot. Yeah. And so and nice. So yes. nice. And so nice. Coming up with like great date ideas. Yeah. Like, where are these fucking people? <laughs> you- I do remember that being like, oh, yeah, that guy probably should have won. Imagine dating and not having to come up with fucking ideas because this person is just like, hey, let's fucking do this. That is the best. Awesome. Turn the old brain off for a yeah. little bit. And, oh, just turn your old bra- turn the brain off so you can go do stuff that this incredibly beautiful person came up with. Yes. So not only are you hanging with this person, you're doing fun things. They were doing cute, although this was the main character that came up with this, the cute uh, shaving cream photo shoots, the Santa beards and everything. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a fucking good movie. This movie's even better. I like I like bros as when it comes to the the Luke McFarlane cinematic universe. I go bros. Okay. Greater than single all the way. Okay. I want to do something hockey wise with Luke McFarlane though because uh he's a big hockey guy. Okay. And he plays one of the so the guy that they just have to get past in this movie is one of Luke McFarlane's high school hockey buddies who is really? now also out oh wow so they're they're That's out cool. at the movies or whatever and uh it's a wait like irl no, no oh no, i was gonna no. say okay that's like really cool no uh yeah that'd be sweet just fucking <laughs> yeah, hook right? it up. yeah uh but they go to they go to uh a movie and uh as they're walking out they run into this guy that luke mcfarlane went to high school with and he's with his fiance who's a woman and they're like, hey, oh, my God. Hey, what would you just see? And Billy Eichner's like, oh, it's like we just saw this gay movie about blah, blah, blah. And just does this like very Billy Eichner thing. And they're like, oh. And uh, Luke McFarlane plays like a massive fucking bro. So he's like, oh, hey, bro. What'd you guys see? Oh, sick. That sounds tight. Nice. Well, so fucking cool seeing you, man. We'll have to do beer sometime. Nice. All right. And Billy Eichner's just like. Why am I into this guy? <laughs> Other than that, he's like very Extremely nice awesome, and cool yeah. and and super hot. But uh, then that guy ends up coming out. Oh, uh, okay. Breaks it off with his fiance. So now this cool hockey bro <laughs> is single. And essentially, Luke McFarlane's character is like, I could have what I have with Billy Eichner's character, but with like myself. But what if I replaced? Like my boyfriend's personality with my with just own. hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Which then, sounds like the ideal relationship. Yeah, there's also to me. There's a scene um where Billy uh he goes to the gym and he's like, Whatever, I'm just gonna meet like another fucking bro. And he starts talking to this guy just from being like, Hey, can you uh watch me while I do my set? Nice. Alright, going for a max today. All right, cool. And they're just kind of like grunting at each other. And then the the guy takes him home. And his he lives in like a studio apartment that is just totally adorned with New York Rangers stuff. Like big hockey movie. Hell yes. So there's like Henrik Lundqvist like <laughs> statues all over the place. And uh, after they have sex, this poor guy deals with the most horrifying post-nut clarity 
because Billy Eichner just goes back to being himself. And he's like, okay, so I was kind of putting on an act back there. But he's like, oh, what happened to your voice? <laughs> like, why are you speaking in full sentences? That's amazing. Yeah, man, it, it's a very, very funny movie. Um, famously, it flopped. But did it or did it? Was it a rom-com? That's so that's my my thing. Like, uh, I don't like, know the metrics well enough. I think like, that what my, is my the... attitude towards it is the attitude that a lot of people probably have, which is like, yeah, I'm interested in seeing this movie. I'm not going to run and cancel my plans and like circle it on the calendar and go the day it comes out. It's a fucking rom-com. Like it very rarely do people block off opening weekend for rom-coms. Yeah. And exactly. And that's why, I mean, I, I feel bad because so obviously Billy Eichner said um, like, Hey, we didn't hit the number we wanted. And, at the end of the day, straight people didn't come out, and that sucks. And then he, he followed it up with like, "So if you're not a big homophobe, come see my movie." This guy, he's going to push his movie should be every fucking second. The Tyler create the creator thing we talked about, which is oh like, yeah, if you're proud of something, fucking push you it. don't talk about your album until it comes out. You talk about your album until you fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> you like you get people. You try to get people to go to it. I th- I don't think it's I, I think it's wrong that Billy Eichner is equating it to all right like this was a homophobia thing and now I've seen a lot of people react like I'm I my timeline right now is gay and straight people being like Billy Eichner is fucking annoying that's why we didn't see it and I'm like I don't think that's why you didn't see it I think it's like you said it's a rom com which don't do well in the theaters it doesn't have any a listers. Like, it does feel like uh, when um, Elizabeth Banks made the Charlie's Angels movie and was like, uh, this flops because you're all sexist and you didn't want to see Charlie's Ang- Angels or whatever it was, whatever movie she made. Uh, I think it was Charlie's Angels. But uh, it was like, no, people just didn't want to see this because it's like Charlie's Angels. It's another reboot and it looks bad. Like, yeah. And the reviews said that it was bad. Like, I think that Bros looks good and the reviews have been saying yeah. that it's good. Uh, I just like, you know, it's. I'm not, I haven't not seen it because I'm a homophobe. <laughs> like, I haven't seen, fuck Something you. Something that homophobe might say. Uh, no, I just haven't seen it because, like, I, again, like, it's a rom-com and it doesn't look like it's reinventing the wheel or anything. But uh, I do understand why he would be upset because I think it's important for it to have success, especially if it's a good movie. Because, yeah. like, I'm sure that it was not easy to sell to some people in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you're going to like this movie. You're going to like Billy Eichner's character a lot. It's a version of Billy Eichner, I think. But he has this great monologue where, because he's a successful podcaster, and he had, like, kind of danced around the industry for years in different roles and was always like, okay, well, you're too loud for this. You're too gay for this. You're too whatever for that. And I think anybody... I mean, especially like we both exist in that like that kind of entertainment or media field. That's something that every I mean, I feel all the fucking time like, well, now I'm too old for this or now I'm like, if if I could have just been if I just fucking didn't grow my hair long and I just fucking wore a suit every day, I could be here to appease these people and then it's like oh well what people do you actually want to appease like how do you how happy how, will you be personally yeah like how do you, so and then eventually it gets to like like you kind of do gotta do what's good for you and suit yourself but it's tough when you feel like 
that doesn't suit anybody but you and you just kind of had to keep proving it and keep proving it so there there's like so much good real shit in that anyway that part of billy eichner i bet is very real so i'm when he puts this out and it gets a yeah well just nobody cared i totally understand when you're like all right well then why are these motherfuckers wrong why are they bad why are they evil or whatever i have friends who like whether it's putting out an album or whatever to feel like you put so much work into something and then all you get is an attaboy that fucking hurts i'm sure so i'm not mad at billy i think that billy eichner is probably incorrect by saying that it was a homophobia thing because while there's a lot of homophobic motherfuckers out there i don't think that makes up a large contingent of the group of people who would see a rom-com opening weekend who would see a rom-com starring non-A-listers opening weekend with a non-big-name director. I know they've attached the Judd Apatow thing to the trailers as much as they can, but he's a producer. There's so many reasons why I don't think anybody should have expected this to to open huge. But maybe it becomes a cult classic. Again, it's a fu- it's a Again, good movie. Like once it hits streaming services, I think a lot of people are going to watch it. And if it's a good movie, people it will get like that second win and second push that a lot of movies get once they become more accessible outside of theaters. So I just think that the it probably should have been released either same day to a streaming service or like video rental like via on demand or whatever. Probably would have got better numbers. I would have paid. I probably would have paid twenty bucks to just stay yeah. home and watch it on the couch. I agree, and I'll tell you what: like the streaming movies are considered cool because people feel like they fucking found something. Right. When you happen upon Confess Fletch or the uh, what's the 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 break in one with Jason Siegel? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shit like that. Just be being yeah. like, hey, like I found, or like Joshy or whatever. It's, just like, it hey, doesn't this is have this like thing. that that like straight to DVD stink that like it once no. had. Where it's like, you know, good movies can be released straight to streaming services. I mean, I wonder if part of the reason why it wasn't or wasn't that wasn't on the table is because of like a. I don't know if Billy Eichner had like the mentality that like no, we're putting this in theaters because it's important and like you know we don't need like a full gay cast should get like the right to be in theaters and like not be pushed straight to streaming services. But I just think it would have performed better. I also got a shout out. Bo and Yang is very funny in this movie and I never should. I, if, if I do, I apologize. Like I don't think that you should hold SNL against somebody. Like I, I've, I've never thought Bo and Yang was funny and it's I didn't like, even know who Bo and Yang was. He's on SNL and it's like, that's explains why is, I didn't know who Bo and Yang was. Uh, he's in that video of uh, singing Silk I know, that, Chiffon with Moon. Yeah, that's that's how I found out that he's in SNL. Yeah. So I clicked uh, on the profile and I was like, oh, this is who this guy is. But you shouldn't, like, I, so I've, I've never thought that Bone Yang was funny, but I was like, he's probably very funny and he's probably on SNL. Like, yeah. that's the, it's probably more of an SNL thing than it is a Bone Yang thing. Yeah. And he's very funny in this. It's, yeah, it's a, I give a very strong recommendation on this movie. I'm also not as I'm I'm just not distraught or certainly not shocked that it didn't do numbies mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah again like who's going to it's like no one goes to the movies anymore anyway. Everybody wants their own project to skyrocket and be super successful, but I do think that like you have to have some self-awareness and you have to like temper your expectations based on what 
the trends suggest. And I do think that the trends suggest that, like, hey, it's a romantic comedy. It's probably not going to, like, blow anybody's fucking socks off and crush at the box office. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, Especially without, it, like, an A-lister attached to it. I'm definitely more uh, upset. Not upset. I don't really care. Uh, but I'm more bummed out by the pushback to Billy Eichner than anything else. Like, again, like, even if you disagree that this was, like, people conspired to not see this movie, I disagree with that. But I just hate that it's like, oh, no, it's actually because you just suck Billy Eichner. Like, yeah, none of us I, think I, Billy Eichner I, sucks. I hope right? not, because I think I, Billy Eichner's hilarious. And everybody say, like, I've seen so many, it, just since he made these comments, everybody's like, Oh no! It's because Billy Eichner is annoying. I don't think he's annoying. I think that he's. I like, think he's annoying. His in a brand funny is way. like yeah. hysteria. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, like being like rock music's too loud. It's like you're listening to rock music. Right. It's being loud. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. You you're subscribing to Billy Eichner. You should know what you're getting. Like, it's he's probably not everybody's cup of tea, but like he got famous being Billy Eichner. I do wish uh, you know Elena, Billy's girl. No. She's a recurring character, a recurring person on Billy on the Street. No. She was just somebody that he went up to oh, was who she was the, so good that... Was she the one that was like, who are you? Probably. Okay. She, uh, like older woman? Yeah. Not like... Su- oh, no, no. No, I know what you're talking about. Like old, old, like elderly woman, right? Elena? She's probably elderly by now. Yeah. No, the one that I was... Uh, the, the famous Billy, like, Billy on the Street clip that I always go back to is the one where he's like talking to this woman and she's like what is this and he's like i'm billy eckner and she's like so and he's like I, I have a tv show and she's like so this is like an internet thing he's like yeah tv internet oh and, and he and then she he like starts to give her an attitude because he doesn't know who he is and she's like i don't fucking care and he's like i don't fucking care about you either <laughs> bitch <laughs> oh yeah it's awesome i mean that's a, that's as good a mindless watch as there is tossing on bill like i'll do that at uh if I'm visiting my parents and like the, the the families there, I'll throw that on as like the background thing that can be on the TV. It's just so fucking That's an funny. outrageous background thing. Oh no! Like if people are coming and going, and walking through, and you've just got Billy Eichner fucking screaming. One of my favorite ones is with uh, the god Julianne Moore. Oh yes, his the, the the like game is just look. It's Julianne Moore. <laughs> like holy shit! It's Julianne Moore. She's incredible she have you seen still alice that's julianne moore <laughs> and he has uh he's like look it's julianne moore do a scene from like whatever and she just like starts reading her lines and crying she's fucking incredible it's the best um yeah well, well i'm gonna send you some elena stuff after it's pretty good yeah watch seriously don't be an asshole watch carlito's way everybody